Good afternoon and welcome to this special edition of our movie recaps. Today is Tuesday, January 4th, and due to the overwhelming request that I have had to do an unedited show, you're going to hear probably a lot more pauses, breath noises, and just kind of my everyday stuff. So if I end up like double talking over myself or rewarding something, you're going to just kind of get all of that. I probably in the last month have had well over 50 requests to do an unedited program. And there was one in particular from a Ruth A. in New York. If you're listening, you know who you are. And she is looking at being an aspiring journalist. And she reached out to me saying that she loves the way I listen on the radio, but she wants to know how much of it is real and how much of it is just kind of the edited stuff to just kind of make myself sound good. Well, here I guess you're going to kind of get a little bit of all of it because, like I said, I'm not going to be editing this. And so you're just going to get me as me. Not that I'm ever anybody else. I mean, I try, it's hard enough to be me. I don't want to try to be somebody else. But this time we did stop. Here I go again. This week we did see four movies. And that's something I would typically edit out. But like I said, you're just going to get me raw and real. And depending on how this goes, I might actually start doing this on our first movie recap episode of the month. And since we are now in 2022, by the way, Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had a safe and safe and happy celebration on that. And this week we did see four movies. I saw Being the Ricardos, Finding Kendrick Johnson, American Underdog, and The Hating Game. Now, some of these were pretty predictable, other ones not so much. And we're just kind of kind of just go ahead and jump right in with being the Ricardos. Now, if you're familiar at all with the Ricardos family, or if you've ever seen an episode of I Love Lucy, then you know who I'm talking about. Lucille Ball. She's one of the greatest comedians of all time. And of course, her husband, Desi Arnaz. And they truly had a very tumultuous, I'm not even pronouncing that right, relationship. There's a line in the movie that they were either tearing each other's heads off or tearing each other's clothes off. And this story really focuses on Lucy's voting registration or what box she checked when she first registered to vote. Well, Lucy's stepdad was a known member of the Communist Party. And when she registered to vote, she checked that box because that's kind of what she grew up around and that's what she was familiar with. But she was not saying, hey, I'm a communist, but she was thinking that that was kind of the whole thing to help the little guy, kind of the way that the whole left tries to convince people that they're actually helping them when they're not. But like I said, that's just my own personal opinion on that. That's not in the movie. But here it's just how their relationship with CBS and with Philip Morris, who was a big sponsor of the show back in the day, and just kind of how all of that played out. But before I get too deep into the story on that, I do want to make sure and touch on the whole thing that this story starts so slow. I mean, you're really struggling to stay awake during the first part of this. And my best friend in the whole world actually had started to watch this and ended up having to turn it off after like 15 minutes because it was just, ugh. <laughs> well, she had asked what I thought. And so I told her it does get better. And it really does. It just, the first half of the movie, you have to really pay attention because it's the just kind of the whole way it plays out and everything, but it's so slow. But those details you need to make sense of the second half of the movie. 
And this kind of whole shows how the studios and how everybody dealt with this whole news of Lucy being a communist, which, of course, I mean, she may have been registered as that, but that wasn't what she was. And she didn't really think it was that big of a deal. She was like, I didn't check the wrong box. But that's the way that Desi and everybody kind of helped explain it. Because they to, to explain the whole story would have been a lot more complicated. And Desi really fought for or fought against her on this. Literally in just about every way possible. Because he came from communism. And he his love for America truly came through in this movie. It was just how that played out and everything. And it a lot of the tension between some of the different cast members with all of the, the information that was coming out. It really touched on a lot of things of <clears throat> America and how wonderful America is compared to communism. And Desi really brought that to life. And it's Hollywood. So, you know, of course, it's exaggerated. It wouldn't be Hollywood if it wasn't. But I that alone made this movie a better movie and forgive me i've got to take a drink here this is again normally stuff i would edit out but yes even people like me get thirsty especially when i'm talking like this <laughs> but it's just how the whole thing kind of plays out this like i said the story does get a lot better and it actually kind of gets your attention to the point that you don't even want to have to get up if you can help it. So fortunately, since I did watch this at home, I had the option of pausing it with if I had to take care of personal things or anything in between. But with this, this movie would have been so much better if they had just done one thing. What's that one thing? Recast it. And the who they had playing Lucy and who they had playing Desi, I'm really horrible on actor and actress's names without looking it up, so I'd have to look that up, but I'm not going to waste the time to do that at the moment, which I should have done that beforehand. But, yeah, it really was not well cast. I mean, I, okay, Nicole Kidman is Lucy. That one just kind of came back to my brain on that, but, yeah, it was not a good fit at all. I mean, she's an amazing actress when it comes to a lot of things, but this was not her role. And it just felt forced. It felt unnatural. And that was probably the hardest part about watching this movie. But if you can get past all of that and actually just watch it for the story, which I kind of just had to do, I had to get out of my own mindset while I was watching this. I did go ahead and give Beanie Ricardo's just a, oh, it's not even a bad score. It's a 6.25 out of 10 on the deputy scale. And like I said, if you've ever been a fan of I Love Lucy, this might be an interesting watch for you. But if you've ever kind of wondered what kind of went on behind the scenes and stuff like that, you might like this too. But if not, you're not going to be missing much on kind of the rest of the whole thing of how it plays out. So it's just kind of kind of ultimately be up to you. The next movie that we saw was actually a documentary. I had never even heard of this one prior to our upcoming movies podcast last week when I look up the movies and watch the trailers and just kind of get ready to talk about what movies are coming out and what they're about. And this one really, the trailer was really intriguing. Because this is a story about a kid that never re returned home from school. But I'm, when I say kid, he was a high schooler. But his family got concerned because this kid is like clockwork. And so they reached out to the police and everything to report him missing. And of course did all that. 
But the following day, their son was actually found dead in the high school gym. And then the, the way that the trailer made it sound was that when they found him, his organs were missing. At least that's what I interred from the trailer on that. But as this, when actually watching it, the trailer was actually a little bit misleading on that. And I'm not going to give a whole lot away on that because I don't want to ruin it. But if this story had just been about Kendrick Johnson and his disappearance, that it would have likely been upper sevens. It might have even been top ten list on Movie Deputy for this year. I mean, it was amazing in just the storytelling of that. But they couldn't stick to just that. I mean, okay, come on. I understand that they are uh, POCs or p persons of color. Again, like I'm not at all politically incorrect. I'm, oh, I'm completely politically incorrect. I'm not at all politically correct on stuff. But so they had to attribute it to basically Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. They said the, uh, they even called the riots in Ferguson as peaceful. So it was just they had to drag all of this other stuff in. And now, mind you, they did bring up actual historical cases that had just been absolutely horrific things of, I guess, old time, old time justice. Things that happened to people like Emmett. Emmett Till and if you're not familiar with that story it's absolutely gruesome it and horrible this young boy was accused of making advances on a white woman back in the day and so the families went out and basically tortured him I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail on that because it's just grotesque and horrible and not that not, Emmett Till was not any of those things, but what happened to him was absolutely a travesty of justice. And there have been cases like that in other situations as well. But again, if this story had focused on just the story of Kendrick Johnson and his family, it would have been so much better. But no, it, it had to kind of bring in all of this other modern political bullcrap. <laughs> I would typically use another word than that, but since I'm not editing myself... I'm having to be a little bit more careful with my language because in real life, I tend to curse like Monty Python, but I don't want to have to label these, I don't want to have to label these shows as explicit. So I really try to watch what I say on that. I just slip in, oh, I wouldn't necessarily slip, but I do work in a few of the, the lower end ones from time to time on that. But that's kind of how that plays out. But there is a website called FindingKendrickJohnson.com if you want more information. I will say in this documentary, it if you are squeamish, this one might not be for you because this one actually shows actual autopsy photos of Kendrick Johnson and photos of the scene of his death and the blood and just kind of everything that goes along with that. And it shows the bloated, just body of him and after his exhumations or photos like I said it was if it was a very powerful story and it was a very thought-provoking type of something that as it was played out again sorry for my long pause there I'm just trying to find the right words to say on that but as this plays out, like I said, they really should have focused just on that, and this would have been exceptional. I mean, I, and that's not even playing it down at all, but because of the other stuff that they worked in, I did go ahead and give just Finding Kendrick Johnson just a 4 out of 10. 
Now, four does mean watchable but forgettable. And though I will not easily forget this story, I will easily forget that uh, that's the whole thing of the documentary just because they had to work in so much of the other crap. So unfortunately, that just kind of ruined it. With our next movie, uh, our next one is also based on a true story. It's about America. Oh, it's not about. The movie is American Underdog, and it's about Kurt Warner. He had kind of had the chance to go big time back in his football days, but just kind of never really made it the scouts and things like that. Just didn't think he had the potential. He finally did get called up to play pros with the Green Bay Packers and lasted two days. Like, I'm not even joking. He lasted for two days with the Green Bay Packers. But he refused to give up on his dream. And along the way, he meets this amazing woman. And they fall in love. And he's trying to provide for them in any way he can. And so he has the opportunity to play arena football. But if you're a big football fan, you know, you're either a fan of arena football or you're not. Because it's completely, it plays out completely different than what normal NFL football does. But... So he kind of does this, and he does this with his family, and eventually he does end up getting called up to the Rams. And this is just how that whole story played out. The highs and the lows, it shows his struggles, his dreams. He truly went from supermarket, he truly went from the supermarket to, a, to being a superstar. Forgive me for kind of talking over myself on that. Like I said, I, this is unedited, so this is about as real as you're going to get with me. But... One of the lines in the movie is, it's the greatest show on turf. And I think that really, truly captured this. And another one of the things is a line that Brenda says to him is, we're both going to be struggling, so why not struggle together? It's beautiful. It's just amazing how kind of all of that plays out. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, I am not a football fan, but I grew up around it because my grandfather was very involved with that and followed it very closely. But if you are a fan of Kurt Warner, if you are a fan of the NFL, if you're a fan of just football in general, or even arena football, this is one that you're going to want to check out. Um, like I said, it's from super, from supermarket to superstar, but in the movie it actually says from high V to MVP, which is another great line on that. But there are two websites that you would want to check out if this one has your attention. One is I msecond.com and that's I and then the word A-M and the word second S-E-C-O-N-D.com and the other website to check out is treasurehouse.org because Brenda's son and Kurt's stepson I'm not sure if he adopted him or not was blind and had some developmental issues and so the Warners actually created Treasure House to try to help people who needed a little bit more intervention and stuff like that to live the, their best life possible. So Treasure House is truly a treasure. But yeah, this is this is an incredible story. Like I said, even if you don't like football, this one is going to warm your heart. What did I give American Underdog? I did give American Underdog a 7.5 out of 10 on the deputy scale. This one was just all the way through it. It had my attention, which I just love movies like that. Like I said, and even for somebody who's not a football fan, this was entertaining to watch. And the last movie that we got watched this week actually came out a couple weeks ago. This is one I even, when I was talking about it in the upcoming movies, I'm like, okay, predictable, blah, blah, blah. But the hating game truly was as, 
predictable as I thought, but at the same time, there was a few surprises. It's about two co-workers who are vying for the same job, and there's been all this tension between them for a long time, and a lot of people would describe it as sexual tension. Well, finally, he takes... Um, he ugh, What's the word I'm looking for? But basically, he decides to act on it, and he kisses her. And things just get really complicated from there because... They both think the other one is playing them, and it's just a lot of tension. There is a surprisingly amount of, there is a surprising amount of comedy in it, which definitely took me off guard on that one a little bit, but it made it even more fun to watch. This one I was not expecting much. I was kind of almost expecting to be bored a little bit, but I was, yeah, just it kind of just surprised me in so many different ways on that. And like I said, you're going to have to forgive me on this because this is just unedited and raw. So you're going to get a lot of this just when I'm trying to put my words into things. Because I don't script any of this out. I take notes during the movie, which I refer to sometimes when I'm doing these. But I don't plan out what I'm going to say at all ahead of time. I have to look at the dates. So I know what date it is and things like that. And I do usually record my Tuesday programs on Monday nights. So they're ready to go first thing on Tuesday morning. But I figured since this is our very first unedited, just raw and real movie recap episode, I thought I would just wait till midday to do it. And so it's about 1.30 here in Central Time Zone. And this one's going to be going live shortly after we get done with it here. But yeah, this whole thing, they're, oh, the job that they're working to get is at a publishing company. It's like the head editor person. I don't remember the name of the exact term. But they're describing some of the books that they've, that the that the publisher has published, and this is that there's uh, there's two companies that merged into one, here, and it's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of sexism and stuff for people that are easily triggered by that crap. But it, for me, it made it more fun to watch just because of just the banter, even though there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, I am definitely not the typical feminist. It's like I believe equal for everybody. Oh, no, okay, let me rephrase that. If you are willing to put in the same amount of work, you should be treated the same way regardless of your sex or whatever on that. But other than that, not everything should not be equal for everybody. But because it's, it's a mindset. I mean, you can't treat somebody who is going to just kind of eh through life the same way that somebody's uh, the same way of somebody who's like going the extra mile and doing everything that they can. But yeah, this really is just, it's just, it's disturbing maybe a little bit, but it's, it does so in an entertaining way. And one of the first lines in the movie is that she has a theory that hating someone feels disturbingly, hating someone feels disturbingly like falling in love with them. And yes, I talk over myself a lot. I, surprisingly, I do stutter, which I try to hide it pretty well. And I've gotten a lot better with it over the years. And I'm just kind of going through my notes, seeing if there's any other quotes or anything that I wanted to touch on on that. Oh, one of the big things I had is don't underestimate yourself. That's probably one of the biggest things, even with life, is don't underestimate yourself. Because you're capable of so much more than you realize. And so many people just kind of get stuck in their... I don't know what we call their comfort zones on that. So, I don't know. It just makes it kind of an interesting 
thing. There's another quote in here that I've actually been using a couple times, but it's shove it up your semicolon. And if you are an English nerd or somebody who is really big with grammar and the proper punctuation and all of that, you'll understand that joke or that, that phrase on that. Forgive me here for a second. I normally take a lot more time. And yes, that was my chair squeaking, if you heard that. <laughs> it wasn't anything inappropriate. But like I said, that just kind of covers the movie. Oh, I forgot to tell you the score. I gave Hating Game a 6.5 on the deputy scale. Like I said, it was definitely enjoyable. It was predictable. It was goofy. It was off the wall. Some people are going to be triggered by it, but it was... If you're looking for a cute date movie, this is 100% it. If you're looking for a cute cuddle on the couch Netflix and chill movie, this is probably going to be it. Though it's not available on Netflix yet. But, so, I hope that helps. Sorry about all the noise here on my desk. I'm sticking to a piece of plastic I had on my desk. My arm is sticking to it. Which, again, is all stuff I would typically cut out. But, yeah, you're getting everything this time. <laughs> you're going to have to let me know what you think. And again, a big shout, a big shout out and thank you to Ruth for just kind of wanting to hear me raw and real on this one. <laughs> so yeah, you got it. But depending on the feedback I get on this, I might make this, like I said, where I might do this once a month, just to kind of see how it all plays out. But if you haven't done so yet, I hope that you would like and subscribe to our Movie Deputy channels. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, pretty much all of the major podcast places. All you have to do is search Movie Deputy, and it will bring up Movie Deputy, which is all of our bonus episodes. Movie Recaps, which is basically what this is today, where we talk about the movies that we've seen. And then, of course, we have our upcoming movies episodes, which are every Thursday, to talk about the upcoming movies for that following week. Or, I guess, for that week. Yeah, it's not the following week. I don't want to misspeak on that. But, so I hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed this really just kind of unedited version of me. I will say this is probably the quickest I've done. I, it usually takes me probably two hours to do and edit the podcast to take out the... <sighs> for when I'm like, when I have like a heavy sigh or something, I don't like breath sounds. So I will cut those out. As you've heard... I'm not a big um talker. I have a few of those that slip through, but I usually just end up kind of stretching out my the and and I do I just do it subconsciously. I don't necessarily realize I do it until after I've done it, and then I'm just just like ah, dang it, face palm. But <laughs> like I said, this is just me. But I hope that you have enjoyed this, and I like I said, I really welcome any feedback on this unedited version of me like I said I'm not editing this at all the only part I'm going to edit is just adding my the musical intro at the very beginning on that but until Thursday I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you soon